Welcome to Fresh Press for May 26th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and genial grooves. Is that anything? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it works. I thought you were going to go with friendly, but perhaps that's a little too on the nose for your taste and humor. I guess it should be congenial, right? Definitely would be better than genial, although I think genial does work. So, Andrew, do you want to talk Amicable about- grooves? That doesn't <sighs> sound good. Uh, amiable would be better. Ambiance grooves? Friendly's grooves, as in grooves that you would have heard mm. at the chain diner establishment <laughs> Friendly's. Grooves that you listen to while you eat an ice cream sundae that looks like a horrifying monster face. Were those good? I don't. Rem- I do not recall what they tasted like. I think I went to Friendly's last uh, time was probably when I was seven years old. Anyway, Andrew, do you want to talk about the? Do you do you want to do the theme introduction? Do you want to talk about it, or do you want me to? I mean, we. Uh, so I mean, this this, I the, the theme is <laughs> the theme is friends, right? And there's no real good reason for that, but the re- the reason is it's. It's Gabe's birthday episode. Gabe's birthday was a few days ago, and he didn't have any good ideas for what he wanted to do for his birthday. So my idea was we'd make it about friends. And then I found a bullshit reason for that to work outside of just Gabe's birthday, the fact that we are friends. I mean, that seems legit. It has, however, produced a couple of great grooves. Yeah, I got to say that my, part of the reasoning for my choice of, of the theme Friends is because I do have a Spotify playlist entitled Friends on which there are various songs that uh, feature the word Friends either in the title or in the lyrics. Does it feature the theme song from the TV show known as Friends? That's kind of fucking blow out the recording. terrible. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so I think we both brought uh, a song that that is not like a particularly obscure or no. low key, but I think that's okay for this week because they're great songs and they deserve to be recognized as such independent of their hipster cred. Yeah. I mean, both of these songs are by or feature artists who are, I would say household names. I mean, mine more than yours because of one of the features on this. Uh, we'll, we'll stop beating around the friendly bush here. And, uh, Andrew, <laughs> The song that I have brought for today's episode is entitled Friends, and it's by Francis and the Lights, featuring Bonnie Vare and Kanye West. Could be looking at you. From a freeway trailer If you'd handled what I'd taken So uh, pretty star-studded on the features. Yes. I want to talk about... Maybe maybe we should talk about that first. So sure. Kanye West is featured on this song. I think, like, at least in the Spotify billing, he doesn't say that he's on it, but he is on it. Yeah. I assume he held with a production, and he sings... One line that is heavily vocoded, as all three of their vocals are on the whole song. So it's even like if you don't, if you're not looking for it, you don't know that it's Kanye West. Right. You really have to listen to hear the distinction between all three vocalists. 
Especially because Francis and the Lights already sort of sounds like Bon Iver. Yeah, I mean, they both, they're both running their falsettos through vocoders. Yeah, as like a signature sound. Right, yeah, exactly. I just, the first thing I want to talk about with Francis and the Lights is the artist's name. It's one guy is the first thing to talk about. Yeah, his name is Francis. Yes. There are no people who are the lights, if you thought that that was some sort of backup band. It's just Francis. No, but this is a great segue for a story. So I've seen Francis (laughs) and the Lights perform. Oh, really? Yes, I saw him open for Chance in like fall 2016. Wow. So they're like, oh, this is going to be Francis and the Lights. And I'm expecting like several people to come out on the stage, right? (laughs) Right. You're expecting Francis and also the Lights. Well, as it turns out, this dude, Francis, walks out on the stage and then the lights get really bright and you go, oh, (laughs) Francis and the Lights. I don't think he has like a ton of name recognition, but you can tell by the other people that we've already talked about in relation to him that he is like a musician's musician that like everyone knows, you know, like he's loved and uh, lauded by Bon Iver, by Kanye West, uh, by Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I think musician's musician is a great way to put it. He always has attracted more attention inside that musical community than from like fans of these genres. You know that on this podcast, we love uh, talking about unique genre definitions. Absolutely. And there's a great uh, profile in the New York Times from March of this year about Francis and the Lights. There's a quote in here from Aaron Lammer, who's a childhood friend of his. um, And he says that he calls um, Francis's philosophy, like about, it says his philosophy of absolute devotion to his music, he calls it knees to the floor. (laughs) This quote from Aaron Lammer says, it refers to a video of James Brown he used to watch where Brown keeps dropping to the floor full body weight. At the end of it, his pants are skinned and he's bleeding from both knees. That's Francis in pretty much everything he does. So it's like that full like commitment to the music. I don't know if you've seen that video or I mean, like if you've seen any video of James Brown performing, you know what this is. Yes, I can imagine the style. And I think that jives with what I saw when I saw Francis and the Lights perform live. It was a full body experience for him for like, you know, it was it was an opening set. So it was like 40 minutes maybe, but just like go, go, go for the entire time. I'm dancing and singing and, and just like moving everywhere. Yeah. Just full of energy and life. And he imbues his music with that same spirit as well. Like that, that commitment makes you an incredible performer. So good, Andrew, can we talk about Francis and the Lights music videos? Why don't we start general, and then we need to break down how this specific video goes. Okay. So go ahead and explain to the audience what a Francis and the Lights music video is like. Okay, so broadly, he likes to put himself and usually a guest of some sort, one of these like famous artist friends of his, 
in a like simple white or black studio space. Like the the idea behind it is he's teaching these other artists how to dance who cannot dance. Yeah. And then recording it and it's like they're beautiful and wholesome and fun and funny. Um, and so he's done a few of them, right? And then the specific one for Friends, Andrew, is what, well. Well, I mean, it, it it features both Kanye West and Justin Vernon of Bon Iver. <laughs> it starts with Kanye and him just sort of standing there. And then it like, ver- it's an incredibly slow pan like away from him. And he like says like one line and then it just completely goes away and, and focuses on Francis doing like sort of slow walking and then some some dancing moving in and out of this like white like white room kind of space into like the painted black like warehouse kind of space and back in um and then of course the part that you're mentioning is um where there is a uh a choreography sequence with francis and justin vernon yeah the best way to describe it is have you ever if you've ever performed in a musical or (laughs) seen a musical it's that style of dance like very specifically choreographed and like eight beats at a time like it's it's little specific movements like there's like a adjust your cuff movement there's like a you know a swirl your hand around movement that kind of thing um and it's great and you can really see the difference between someone who is completely committed to the thing and someone who's like i'll do this francis because you asked me to and i love you well i think there are three levels to it in this video right because there's Kanye, who gets panned back to at the end, who only does the last move. He's just standing in a corner of the studio the entire time, and it's hilarious (laughs) and very Kanye. It's great. And then there's Justin Vernon. Yeah. Who is in, like, basically a trucker outfit. I mean, he's in Justin Vernon clothes. Right, so basically a trucker outfit. Yeah. And, like, he's trying. Yeah, but But I think that is... You brought up a good thing where it's like if you've ever been in a musical or like seen a I think I want to say if you've seen like a student musical, which I'm yeah. sure you have. Come on, I'm sure you've had to see a student musical or wanted to see a student musical at some point. Yeah, if you're you can tell the difference. I, you've seen a musical. Come on. <laughs> you can tell the difference between someone who is like like skill it is irrelevant. It's just like learning the steps, right? But you can tell someone who just like learned the steps and someone who learn the steps and is fully committed to doing them. And that is the difference between Francis and Justin in this video. Yes, I very strongly relate to Justin Vernon in this music video because that's what it looks like when I'm dancing on stage in a musical. Like, I'm barely keeping up here. I mean, I think the... Well, I I really think the difference is not, like, how good you're doing at the dance, but it's, like, when you watch Francis dancing the energy that he is giving into it extends beyond the individual movements like if he reaches his arm out the energy that he's putting into it goes past the tips of his fingers and with justin vernon he's reaching his arm out but it doesn't it only gets to the tip of his fingers at maximum and so there's there's not this like verve to it that is why dancing is dance is like an art form you know what i mean i totally know what you mean i just wonder if 
it sometimes it's hard to tell the line with this person is like not that into it versus this person doesn't really know how to use their body to express emotion in that way. Anyway, we'll link it in the show notes. You should go watch. Oh, it. absolutely. It's great. Um, Gabe, who's who's your friend here that you've brought into the studio with us? Who's this friend that you've brought? It looks like it's a CD. What are how are we gonna play that? Maybe we'll play it on our LCD sounds. This is terrible. Jesus. Oh wow, that was not even what I was thinking. But that was actually good. You should have followed through on that. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> so the song I've brought is titled "All My Friends." And it's by LCD Sound System off their 2007 record, Sound of Silver. So LCD Sound System is not exactly uh, an unknown newcomer uh, artist, um, not exactly low-key, although not quite the household name, perhaps, of Kanye West, or even Bon Iver, I think is fair. But they have long been one of my favorite artists since I was just a wee music listener, probably sometime around 2009. And this song... I would argue, is the best song they've ever written and the best song they've ever made, which I think is a pretty high bar, but I don't think it's a crazy hot take either. No, I don't think so. Um, so LC Sound System is mainly um, James Murphy, but it also includes a variety of other contributing musicians um, in the studio and then like a full band complement of like usually like 10 people when they go tour. The, this is like dance music. Um, LC Sound System built their sound off of like, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, um, like that 70s New York disco sound um, and pulling a lot of that in. And they've done it real. They did it really well. So they went and they made three albums, um, of which Sound of Silver is the second. And then they announced that they were breaking up. And they did so and performed two incredible live shows at Madison Square Garden as kind of like their finale and recorded a documentary called Shut Up and Play the Hits um, and then ended it. Um, Shut Up and Play the Hits, by the way, I think maybe still on Amazon Prime. Um, It is wonderful. If you like LC Sound System or if you like live music, I recommend you go check it out. It's so heartfelt. It's so intense. It's beautiful. Uh, I think LCD Sound System really uh, defined like a specific generation of people who listen to music specifically in like the New York and Brooklyn scene. But then they came, they kind of ruined it and came back in <laughs> 2017 and uh, came back with another album, which was great. So it wasn't like a yeah, bad it was thing, really it was good. A good album, uh, American Dream. But uh, you know, it's like 
listen, the Michael Jordan documentary has been going around. Well, documentary uh, has been going around for the last couple weeks. And like, you know, the thing that they elide from that whole uh, composition is that, you know, yeah, Jordan actually came back and played another couple years in the NBA after all of this. Uh, eh, well, life isn't a story, right? Yeah. Andrew, were you, I feel like LCD Sound wasn't really, was like not really one of those bands that you love to listen to. They were not a band that I knew a lot about, but they were definitely a band that my brother listened to. And so I remember very viscerally the album cover of Sound of Silver, like in, in iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> but then also like I became friends with you and you love LCD Sound System. And like, like there are songs that remind you of specific people, right? Yes. In general. Um, and to different, you know, intensities. This song and you are like synonymous in my mind. <laughs> like part of, again, part of the reason I was like, let's do friends is the thing. Because it's like, Gabe's going to pick all my friends. And that's a great song for his birthday. Because it's like the song that he is. Yeah, and it's one of my favorite tracks. You know, like I used to DJ for a radio station in college. And, you know, I'd try and fit this song into, like, towards the end of a lot of my sets, which, like, regularly were, like, a 12 to 2 a.m. sort of deal. So, like, playing <laughs> the song at, like, 1.30 in the morning by myself. Nobody listening in the studio. Just because, like, I love it. Um, and also, it's got, like, like, an intensely, like, melancholy feel to it. Yeah. Which I think is relatable to anybody who has ever left their <laughs> friends behind. Or moved away, like even going to college. Yeah, absolutely. The song is about growing older to some extent, and Murphy's writing this in his like late thirties or forties, so it's more specific to like the idea of being out of touch. But at the end of the day, it's about like, hey, I don't know how when I'm going to see these people next, or like how many more chances am I going to get to spend an incredible night or an incredible party with these people that I love and that I'm close with, and that's very relatable, even as soon as you leave home for the first time, like, oh shit, I'm only going to see my high school friends like twice a year for the foreseeable future. And I mean, I think a good point that the song makes is like, the thing is that there are also so many other things. So there's that, I mean, I'm sure you'll talk about the lyrics, but I can't not talk about like that great line. You, you know, you spend the first five years trying to get with the plan and the next five years trying to be with your friends again. Yeah. And it's like you have like all these things and like it's not that you're moving away from your friends intentionally. It's just like, hey, I'm like, you know, I'm going to college. I'm doing all these things or like I'm leaving college and I'm starting, you know, a career of some kind. And then at some point, you know, whatever that time period is, you're like, wait, fuck, wait, no, wait, shit. I didn't mean to do that. Wait, can we go back? Yeah, I think one of the better descriptions I've seen regarding the song, so this isn't an original idea, but is there's such an incredible tension in the song be, between living your life without regret. You know, he talks about, I wouldn't trade one stupid decision for another five years of life, but also inevitably being nostalgic for and missing all of the times that you've had to let go for whatever reason. You know, whether that's like 
life things like moving to a new place or, you know, if you're in your 30s starting a family and and inevitably losing touch. And it's not because you don't want to do the things you're doing now, but also, like, can I have both? You spend the first five years trying to get with the Murphy's lyrics in general for LCD Sound System are incredible and so varied, especially on this record. He's able to pull in like this incredible mixture of like elevated language and heartfelt sincerity and sarcasm and irony. You know, like there's so three songs in a row on this album that are like one of the most incredible sets of three songs on any album that I've listened to. It goes North American Scum, which is like this sarcastic, uh, dancey track about yeah. like partying in the United States and in New York and comparing it to like all of these other places in the world um, and how crappy Americans are and all this. And then Someone Great, which is about the death of a, uh, a beloved friend and mentor and then into this song, All My Friends. And he's got... I've heard Murphy described as a vocal chameleon, but that's not really it. He's more of like a lyrical chameleon, like in a way that he can draw from all these different influences and tones and make them all fit together. piano line is iconic yeah the synced keys and then coming undone and then coming back together and then repeating over and over and over again i don't know i love the way that the song begins because it has that that like hard piano thing that just sounds like someone's banging on a piano and they're like mostly getting it but they're like also like like it sounds like they're a little too tense to make it like actually sound good mm, yeah um but then when the drums come in it sort of like evens it out and whether or not the piano changes i don't even know it's almost like an optical illusion. Like it orders it with that, with that drum beat, and you feel like it. It feels like suddenly like a complete whole. I just I love how that opens up at the beginning. Yeah, I think it's excellent. have a new tune from this past week that you would like to share with us i do my new tune is uh by an artist named madeline kenny and it is the lead single off her upcoming third album and the song is called sucker
So is this like the way that like Canadians talk about lollipops or? It's so interesting you say that because I am going to draw a comparison between her and Andy Schaaf, who is a Canadian, but she's from Seattle. So that's just, she's just from American Canada. Right. I mean, Seattle is, I mean, really what's the difference between Seattle and Vancouver? Any of them states up there, any of them states up there, you know, at the top, they're all Canada. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But anyway, um, I don't know Madeline Kennedy at all, but she has two other albums, so I'm very looking forward, to, very much looking forward to uh, listening to more of her stuff. Um, but this is from her her upcoming album is called Suckers Lunch, and the album cover is great. It's her heavily made up with some lunch in front of her. <laughs> really looks more like brunch, I would say. I mean, she has like, I mean, that's like a, that's like. A stuffed French. I can't even tell what that is. Maybe it's a like a Monte Cristo. I guess that's lunch. Anyway, not important. <laughs> the point is, it could go either way. I think it's a Monte Cristo, so that would be lunch. Well, I mean, you should never eat a Monte Cristo. It's a bad sandwich. Ooh, sandwich hot takes. Anyway, uh, this is her third album. Um, she uh, is like collaborated on this. Um, in, on the production and the the creation of this album with um, uh, Jen Wozner, who's from Y Oak, who she's worked with before. It says, at least from from her like from her Bandcamp, it says the album expands upon Kenny's earlier guitar driven sound, a definitive step to- forward from an artist adept at communicating universal sentiments in a voice unmistakably her own. And again, this is the o- first and only song I've heard of hers, but I would agree with that. There's like the there's I don't know what the right word to describe. Um, the tone of her vocals is I almost feel like it's blase but I don't think it is blase yeah blase maybe isn't the word for it because I think that implies like a level of I don't know laziness but almost like a little bit beat down perhaps yeah yeah like there's a, there's a defeated quality to it exactly and it's really genuine because of the way that she sings it I mentioned Andy Schaaf because um, she makes use of like winds heavily in the song, which is something that friend of the pod Andy Schaaf does quite often. And also because before I knew that she was from Seattle and now lives in Oakland, the way that she says the word fun in one line of this song sounds so Canadian to me. And so much like the way that Andy Schaaf says words like that. It's like fawn, you know, it's it's almost like fawn. Mm. Yeah, it's very open. Yeah. I hear that. I mean, there you go. There's that American Canada seeping through. <laughs> Life was fun. I talked to my brother. Now he drives a pickup truck. And I just blow my cover. I say, I really enjoyed this song. Uh, it opens with like wonderful interplay between the guitar and the bass. Yes, this is exactly what I was about to talk about. I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, I love the way that the guitar and bass interplay in this song all the way through. And it reminds me of a very specific thing that I don't know that you will 
recognize Gabe. Okay. Um, but it really reminds me of the band L Ten Eleven. Do you know them? I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, they're they're a, an instrumental duo, and so like they play like guitar and bass, like you know, it's like so, that sort of like post rock, like guitar, like instrumental kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, I believe it's their self-titled album. The sound of this bass and the sound of that guitar so much sounds like the way those two instruments sound on L1011. Yeah, you know what? I'll put in a little clip of a song um, from that album, probably the song called My Only Swerving. You can just really hear how, I don't know. It's just like, I was listening to this song and was felt this like intense, like what? This song sounds like something. What is it? And I realized like this song sounds like, like the stuff that I listened to on Pandora, like freshman year of high school, when I was really into like L1011. Whoa, that is an aesthetic. I think there's a very specific differentiation in a lot of music between the idea of two instruments or two people singing together versus like the more specific idea of a duet Hmm. where it's almost more of a dance between those two instrumental or two vocal lines. I know that's not the technical definition by any means, but I definitely, when I think duet, I want to hear the performers sound like they are in the same space together and influencing and working off of each other. So it sounds to me, even if this is possibly not the case, that the guitar and the bass here were being recorded at the same time. Like I can imagine those people standing next to each other in the studio. Yeah, and sort of playing off one another. Right. Gabe, what's new with you? This song is titled Tarha Mitikate. is from uh, an artist named Amaria Hamadalar. Uh, and it's off a collection that is only available on Bandcamp called Music from Saharan WhatsApp 5. <laughs> Okay, so this is a label based out of Portland called Sahel Sounds, and it's run by one guy whose name is Christopher Kirkley. So in 2009, he went to the Sahara and lived there for two years and got sort of involved in the local music scene and thought it would be cool to sort of do like an ethnomusicology style project and and bring these sounds to a global audience. Um, there is an elaborate New Yorker article from their online edition from the end of last year talking about kind of some of the 
tension of being essentially a white man going into central west central africa and taking these sounds and distributing them lots of white men have done this and done it very very poorly and fucked it up um but i think that the project has been fairly successful in that a lot of these artists that he's publicized and put on his label have like ended up touring internationally and garnering an audience so this year he's done a specific project he basically asks an artist a different artist from the West Sahara, who he's in contact with, record some songs on their phone and then send it to him via WhatsApp. And then he throws it up on the Bandcamp and all of the proceeds from the Bandcamp sales go directly to the artist. He's been doing one a month and it's only available for that month. And here we are in May. So this is the fifth edition. The particular artist in this case, her name is Amaria Hamadaler. And she is from Agadez in Niger. Um, she is a, a member of the Tuareg people. Tuareg, I think. Oh, sorry. Tuareg people who have a, a pretty rich history of music, but have only recently gotten involved with like the guitar. Um, and specifically, women have not really played the guitar at all. As far as I can tell, there are only a couple women who have ever like internationally or or like played publicly played Touareg guitar um, and sung alongside of it. And Amaria Hamadalar seems to be one of them. Um, and it's a really cool like sound that I think we're not commonly exposed to. And it caught my eye and it has this meditative aspect to it, which I've really enjoyed. Um, and I've been listening to it all day. Yeah, um, I love Tuareg guitar. It's so cool. Like, it's definitely like if you like if you're interested if this song is interesting to you, you should definitely like look into more musicians like Amaria Hamadalar. Before everything happened, I was gonna go see uh, another Tuareg guitarist, uh, Madhu Mokhtar, uh, in June, but that's not happening. So I'll have to get back to you if that ever happens <laughs> and let you know how it is. So that artist, Andrew, is also off of Sahel Sounds. It's the same label. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. I was trying to find more information about the artist herself. Yeah. Um, and having obviously trouble. Um, she seems to be a part of a women's Tuareg tour- guitar group called, oh boy, French, uh, Les Fils de Ilgahad. Ilg- Terrible. Adad. Oh boy. Uh, which means. I mean, that last word, that last word is in French, so I can't comment on it, but it would be Les Filles. There you go. They feed the Iligadad. I don't know. I mean, I got French. That's all I got. It's good. I don't have French. Um, who are consists of a few different women who play guitar and are involved in this musical project. And Amaria Hamadaler seems to be one of them. But I can't really figure out if that's the case. There are... Uh, 
um, there's a musician in the group who has a name that's fairly similar but slightly different. So I'm wondering if there's just like something getting lost in the translation or. Uh, yeah, it might be a transliteration thing. I don't know. So I sent an email email to the <laughs> the head of the label, Chris. Um, he unfortunately hasn't gotten back to me, but if he does, I'll update people next week. Um, I guess. <laughs> Um, for being recorded on a phone, this song sounds great. I mean, clearly it was, there was some mixing that happened. Um, and it still does sound like it was recorded on a phone. You know, it still doesn't sound like a studio thing, but I think the way that it's mixed makes it sound much fuller than just like a phone demo would normally sound. Yeah. I was pretty impressed by the quality. I was like, is this on a phone? But on the bottom of the band camp page that they list the phone that it was recorded on. Yeah. This was recorded on a Huawei P30. So <laughs> I guess if you're a musician and you're just trying to record out in the field and, uh, play around this is maybe what you should use um <laughs> there are a couple other artists who contributed so um chingo egor and bozo amomine <laughs> That concludes the standard music portion of our show. Um, however, there was other new music release that we should probably give shouts out to. Andrew, anything in particular that stood out to you beyond uh, Madeline Kenny? Um, there's a ton of stuff. So um, there's a self-titled debut from Awfect. That's spelled A-W-E-F-E-K-T. And I'm not certain if they intended that to be spoken by someone with a Philadelphia type accent that really gets the <laughs> awe in there, but I, whatever it is, you know how to spell it. So look it up. Cool. Like noise experimental thing from, um, people, the collective. And when I say people, I am saying that in all caps and upside down. The fuck? Um, but that's sort of a collective of musicians and artists. And it's sort of a record. I guess it is a record label. That people like Justin Vernon of Bon Iver, and I'm sure Francis has a hand in some sort of some kind of people project. Anyway, cool thing. Check it out. Um, there's a lovely little instrumental kind of jazzy record from Harrington, Gustin, and Zahn called Tura Lura. Um, and also Owen Pallet released an album titled Island, which I think is really really good as an album but didn't necessarily have any tracks that i felt were appropriate for the podcast like the language is bad yes they're just disgusting no i mean <laughs> i don't know i'm um, also andrew newfoobie bridgers this week yep uh gearing up for her album that comes out in a few more weeks um there's two other albums that i uh think are worth mentioning that are um both instrumental albums um and on the more like classical like chamber side of things so if that's not your thing <laughs> skip ahead 30 seconds when i'm done talking about it um there's uh, a collection called i still play um which is just a, a set of solo piano pieces 
um, composed by a bunch of different composers um, for the former president of Nonesuch Records. Oh, cool. Who is a pianist. And so it was like, I don't, I don't know if it was like his birthday or something. Or they were trying to celebrate him. And it was someone's idea to like, how about instead of just like pieces for Bob, it's like you piece, it's pieces for Bob to play, you know? <laughs> so it's not him playing on the record, but like all the pieces were written specifically for that, for not as like a dramatic concert piece that demonstrates something, but like, here's a thing that Bob can learn and play. And that's cool. Yeah. Cool idea. And then there was another album called Strings for Peace, premieres for guitar and Sarod, which is, um, I think, a very cool uh, project. It's a, a classical guitarist and uh, three different um, Sarod players, which is another, it's a guitar-like, uh, you know, it's from the same ancestor that the guitar is, a uh, string instrument, um, and sort of playing with both, like, classical guitar stuff and, and sort of, and, like, medieval modes like o- older era western music um and then indian ragas which is more the or, and indian folk music in all in all forms um on the sarod and then like interplaying them on the other instruments and it's it's a very cool thing it's a lot like the um album that we picked from not too long ago um with the uh gujang and the um banjo player whose names I can't recall. Abigail Washburn and... Wu Fei. Wu Fei. And then Gabe, there's, uh, do you have another thing before we talk about the thing that we need to talk about? There's a thing we need to talk about? On Thursday morning... Oh! Without, without fanfare, Carly Rae Jepsen dropped dedicated B-sides, or dedicated side B. I guess a companion album to the album... That she, the album that she released, was that a year ago? Was it less than a year ago, probably? Uh, dedicated. No, it was pretty much exactly a year ago. And it's excellent. I think I like it better than the original Dedicated. Yeah, same. As an album. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's something that uh, I saw pointed out by uh, Hanif uh, uh, Abdurraqib, who is a uh, poet and writer, uh, big music writer, who I have think mentioned on the show before he said that one of the really great things about dedicated side b is how it's sequenced like how one song flows into the next that's why it as an album hits better for him than dedicated the original dedicated i think i also enjoy dedicated side b as an album more than the original but it is just ridiculous how prolific and talented she is (laughs) all of her music is like Carly Rae Jepsen, a lot of people were exposed to Carly Rae Jepsen with Call Me Maybe and then left it there. Yeah. Which, for the record, love that song still. But um, <laughs> I will say, I never liked that song. I left it there for a long time. And then after uh, a while of people telling me to listen to Emotion, I finally listened to Emotion and realized that it was very, very good. Yeah, it's somewhere approaching perfect pop music. Which, even if you're not super into pop, you have to admire the craft. Before we knew this album was going to come out, Andrew was talking about how the only person he dances to is Carly Rae Jepsen. So, I hope you got a lot of dancing <laughs> in this week, Andrew. I did. I really did. Um, I was listening to that whole album and like very much enjoying it. And then, I have to say, the song Summer Love came on. And 
that was like I need like that was like the full like drop everything I'm doing. I need to dance in my kitchen now. I actually thought you were gonna bring a song off the off the record for this week's show. I would have brought Summer Love, but I don't think that uh I think Carly Ray is a little too high profile for for this for this show's purposes. Yeah, that's, I say that's after fair. I brought a song featuring Kanye West. <laughs> but I couldn't do both. So as we do every week, we wrap this up. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. We have uh, a Spotify playlist with our music from this week's show and all our previous week's shows. Now, as an exception, my new tune um, from Amaria Hamadaler won't be on there. Um, if you want it for a limited time, it's on Bandcamp. So we'll make sure to leave that Bandcamp link. Um, it'd be great if you could support the artist directly. We'll be back on uh, June 2nd with more tunes and more grooves. Andrew, any final words? Um, I just want to say that, you know, I thought when I was going to get to the end of that, I just want to say that, that I would have thought of something to say, but I did not think of anything. Great. Well, happy birthday to me. And Oh, right. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed. <laughs> <laughs>